0: Attention, Talking Simpsons listeners! We have a new podcast mini series exclusively on Patreon right now. For five
1: dollar and up subscribers at Patreon.com/slash Talking Simpsons, you get Talking
0: of the Hill Season Two, Part One. That's right. We're returning to King of the Hill once again, putting out eleven new episodes covering the first half of the show's second season. Again, that is Patreon.com/slash Talking Simpsons. Be there or be not right.
2: I heartily endorse this event or product.
0: Ahoy, ahoy, everybody, and welcome to Talking Simpsons, where we embrace nothingness. I'm your host, the bull and a big one liker Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who is here with me today? Hello,
3: it's Henry Gilbert.
0: And who do we have on the line?
3: It is Chris Kohler uh, from Digital Eclipse.
0: And today's episode is all about The Simpsons Arcade Game.
3: Excellent. <laughs> where do you think you're
0: going? This uh, video game came out probably in March of 1991, and as always, Henry will tell us what was happening at this point in uh, video game history. <gasps> Oh, boy, Bobby. In arcades, Street Fighter
1: 2 is about to see its warriors take over the world. Super Mario Bros. 3 is about to make a huge debut on the Nintendo Entertainment wow. System. And Sonic the Hedgehog is about to give Sega a new Genesis.
0: What a time to be alive. Yeah. What a time to be 9 or mm-hmm. uh, possibly, I guess, for you, Chris Kohler, 11?
1: 11. Yep. 11. Mm-hmm. The, right, the right age to be a child. The other, if you were a child any other time not the right age uh i mean that street uh street fighter 2 i probably didn't touch it until when it was up to like turbo i was Mm. just not a fighting game guy as a kid until my friends probably i played i think i played mortal kombat before i played street fighter
0: that was the first uh game i got for my super nintendo because street fighter was that big wow yes
1: i I mean yeah by 92 it was just uh, half of game pro covers with street fighter (laughs)
3: 2
0: i think who haven't we used Is, is blanca available
3: Mm-hmm. And it really changed the face of video game arcades because stuff like, I mean, you know, the the, the Simpsons arcade game, you know, in early 1991 would have been, you know, uh, very typical um, of what you would find in arcades of people playing uh, this sort of four player, but, you know, fundamentally you versus the computer, right, type uh, of arcade games. but things were about to change into a, an atmosphere of, uh, of, of, of competition very soon.
0: Yeah, spring of 91 feels like a real renaissance for arcades that lasted maybe five or six years because I guess there was sort of a lull between the previous Golden Age and Street Fighter, and then there was a, another big bubble right before, you know, consoles started out pacing the arcade games at home.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, Super Mario Bros. 3, What what is there to say other than just like it was an event. It was like the first event video game of my childhood. Like I, you know, I first heard about Super Mario Brothers from a friend of like, Hey, look at this. It's it's this game called Super Mario Brothers. It's fun. And it even too, I was like, Oh, I guess I'll like rent that or something. And I, and you see the cartoon on TV, but like the advertising bonanza for Super Mario Brothers three, like the, the chanting commercial, Uh, Mm. I was so fully indoctrinated by it.
3: The previews in Nintendo Power Magazine, and it's coming soon, and, you know, getting... uh, Obviously, The Wizard, right? Which we, Mm. you know, I mean, you know, just just the the, the hype for it. I remember... We were in our car, you know, going down the, passing by the local Toys R Us, and we, we drove by it. And there's a huge sign out on Toys R Us that said, Super Mario Brothers 3 is here, you know? And we like made our parents turn around and and go to the Toys R Us so we could get Super Mario Brothers 3. Well, Such was the anticipation.
0: This is a video game podcast now, and it's my job to be pedantic. And uh, Mario 3 was actually 1990. Was it? Yes. Oh, yes. Wow. yes.
1: Hell crap. I, all right. I must have seen the British date on there. I'm uh, sorry. Okay. I fucked up. All right. Well, but Sonic the Hedgehog was about to come yes, out. I was right That's there. important. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mario
0: World was already out in Japan. It was around the corner for us in August of 91. It was that's a great right. time for video games. And, yes, we're breaking format with the great Chris Kohler. Chris, you've been on uh, my other podcast, Retronauts, uh, a lot. But you also have a very rich and storied history with uh, retro gaming in general.
3: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I do. Yeah, um, well, yes. I mean, I guess at the time we didn't consider it retro gaming. I guess we just considered them video games. But uh, yeah, I guess it all sort of added up to, uh, to, to uh, a, a great deal of knowledge that I can now uh, share on podcasts such as Retronauts and such as occasionally Talking Simpsons when it comes down to it. And, and here we are mm-hmm. discussing the Simpsons arcade game, which I do have story time about whenever you want to hear oh it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and, uh, and you just uh, started back up uh, another of your uh, your very popular podcasts,
3: did, did you not? we did just start it back up we didn't intend to it, it's called good job brain and it is a it is a uh, very much like very much like this we only occasionally get into video games uh no it's a it's a trivia podcast uh from our our, our pub trivia team we kind of went on hiatus because everybody uh, had children all at the same time basically <laughs> and uh, it was it was kind of just tough to get the band back together and then we just finally decided like wait a minute we really love doing this and people love listening to it so yeah it's back now um hopefully it's back for good um but uh, yeah it's, it's been nice it's been nice getting it all back together again for sure
1: awesome man and yes uh, we, I, we are breaking format because you know we were in season 2 again and uh, when we reached the point in the timeline where Simpsons Arcade came out it's like we're not going to do an episode for every Simpsons video game. No, or, no. Or,
0: or possibly any other one.
1: Perhaps mm. not, no. I mean, <laughs> maybe in 09 or 08 when we reach the... No, 07 when we reach the Simpsons game. Maybe we do no, something about that. No, I refuse. No. That's oh, not a very good game. Alright, then we're not doing that.
0: That enough. game is fine. It is a perfectly lukewarm slice of Electronic Arts game loaf served <laughs> to you <laughs> with like yeah. a little Bart Simpson drawn on it, and that's True. basically as good as it is. Yeah, yeah. Watch I mean, the cutscenes online. They're funny.
1: Uh, but But this is the first simpsons game i mean some would debate i the the dates are the (laughs) records from that era are spotty at best and uh Mm. it's it's bart versus the space mutants i'd seen dates that said it hit the nintendo entertainment system in april and that simpsons arcade could have been seen in february or march uh at, at earliest in arcades so it's kind of like yeah. up, up in the air which came first.
0: And if you want us to do an episode about uh, Bart versus the Space Students we did for another podcast. How did this get played? So check mm-hmm. that out. So we talked a lot about that game, that wretched, awful game. Yes, yeah, which is probably <laughs> the best of the bad games. I guess. And most of them are bad.
1: Yeah, it's uh, awful. Like they, I mean. I I think the difference is that like Acclaim just got the license to have like oh well we want the next big thing for a license while the Konami team was invested in making something that was at least fun to play for two minutes of a quarter you know Mm -hmm. like just to they had an interest in not just like for a claim, if you bought the NES game or even just rented it, they got you. They don't care what you feel after you paid for that. <laughs> but uh, but the Simpsons arcade, they kind of have to care a little bit about being good. I, I would say until hit and run, this was the best Simpsons game. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: It had that mystique because of course you couldn't just uh, download MAME and play whatever arcade game you want at that point. You know, you actually had to go to a location where it existed uh, and you had to, you know, put quarters into it to play it. Um, Um, And it was pretty, you know, it was not easy. So, you know, to really see the full thing, you had to spend a bunch of money or spend a bunch of time and hope that your mom stayed at the laundromat or whatever it was for long enough for you to play a lot of it. I mean, it was it it had this it had this unattainability uh, to it. You only got to play it a little bit, which Mm -hmm. I think added, I think, to the enjoyment factor
1: and uh, well, i guess what's everybody's personal history with uh, this that uh, with the simpsons arcade
0: game well it sounds like chris has a big story and oh, i want to yeah. hear it
3: yeah well i mean so i really um I, I again i was like fascinated with it you know because it was so beautiful because the, the, the graphics were so good it had all the voices from this you know the simpsons and uh very funny right it's this very uh you know humor packed game and it was a lot of fun to play with people um and but of course again you had like a quarter or two and you're at the bowling alley, you're only going to experience a little bit of it. So I actually had a plan. We, every spring during spring break from school, when I was a young teenager, our, one of our family's uh, big vacations for the year was we would go to Myrtle beach in South Carolina and Myrtle beach was great. Myrtle beach. Uh, they, they all loved my, the rest of my family loved golfing. I did not love golfing, but in um, <laughs> Myrtle beach was, I mean, they had, you, we could go, you know, we'd go every week to the, or go, um, you know, once during the week to the Myrtle beach Opry, which was this like, you know, country music slash comedy kind of show for tourists. Um, <laughs> I've not been Ripley's to an opera. Believe It or Not museum down there, which they did not have in Connecticut. So I always love going to the Ripley's Believe It or Not. And it's all touristy kind of stuff, right? Like very kid-friendly. And one of the things they had in Myrtle Beach was these massive arcades. And it's like, yeah, we had arcades in the mall in Connecticut or whatever, but like you going down there, these arcades were huge and it was stuff from all eras of, of gaming because they were massive Lots and lots of stuff ended up down there. I think the first time I ever played the original Street Fighter, like Street Fighter 1, was down in Myrtle Beach because... You know, again, the smaller arcades that I was going to in Connecticut, this stuff cycled out really quickly. But this seemed to be like the, the collection ground for everything. My, my parents would go and they would play. Again, at this point in the 90s, they had walls of these things, the electromechanical baseball games. Like, I don't know if you guys ever played one of these, but it was sort of like a pinball machine, but it was like playing baseball and it would.
1: Oh, yeah, pin. yeah
3: pitch a little metal ball from the pitcher's mound and you try to hit it and knock it up into a section and the runners would advance around the bases. These machines took dimes. (laughs) This is how old they were. And my parents would sit with a stack of dimes and and play these things. And so we would trade in cans and bottles for the, for the year uh, leading up to Myrtle beach and build up a stash of, change a stash of quarters and these would be our quarters that we'd have for the arcade so we'd walk in you know rich (laughs) with 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 quarters and one year uh probably like 92 or 93 just because it wouldn't have been like right on the dot 91 i decided that i was going to use a a decent i was going to use whatever it took and (laughs) finish the simpsons arcade game because i really wanted to see everything in this game Mm -hmm. and so yeah uh it probably cost about you know Eight ten dollar. I remember it costing like ten bucks, ten eleven dollars. That sounds right. To credit feed my way through this thing. The that's the one and only time I finished the Simpsons arcade game in an arcade. Um, But I but I remember feeling totally satisfied with my purchase because it was so much fun to go through and see absolutely everything and see what was at the end as well.
1: Yeah. My, uh, sort of similar story there of that, like by the age eight when I was eight, when this game came out or, uh, yeah. And so I had already started getting into video games. We had a Nintendo at home. We had a game boy, and i knew that video games could be in other places too like (laughs) we would go to a restaurant and i'd see a donkey kong machine or an altered beast machine or uh, a big one that will like just instantly pulled me in was the 89 Ninja Turtles arcade game mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it was so much colorful and crazier looking than the Nintendo games and it had voice clips and I was like, well, this is a movie. I'm watching a movie on here and but I I still associated those with like airports or whatever like or or a hotel. I think it was by 1990 was the first time I started, was, uh, like a friend had a birthday party at an arcade. And I realized like, Oh, arcades exist. Like these have video games all in him and I can just play anything. Right. I believe it was attached to a, a putt putt place or a mini golf place. And so, uh, this game for me, the second I saw it, I was like, Oh my God, this is I like, I didn't know Konami as a company made both it and TMNT, but I could recognize its similarities to like Streets of Rage and, and other, uh, D- double dragon, me and my brother. I, I also, I have a younger brother and we really did like two player co-op games like that. And so it was either my brother's sixth birthday or my ninth, our birthdays are like two weeks apart, but we, uh, had our mom take us to mini golf and, at the mini golf place, this game was there, and my mom did something I don't think she had did before, but would do after, which is she committed. It's like, okay, as a birthday <laughs> present, wow, I will do however many tokens it takes for you to beat this game, and she'd get like twenty dollars of tokens, and also even just feed them for us, which was very nice of her. And so uh, I was usually Bart. If my brother got Bart before me, then I'd be Homer. <laughs> uh, wouldn't play no the- girl girl no no but yeah I and so we did see the credits on it I I think of it as a a happy birthday memory of us finally beating Mr. Burns and and defeating that game yeah
0: well as for me there was an arcade in my mall since before I could remember like anything before I was even aware so I was always aware of arcades and that is where in 1989 I saw like you Henry the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game by Konami which sort of reinvented the format after Double Dragon and The Simpsons is basically in the same format as the Ninja Turtles arcade game two years prior. That game changed my life so much that the second I saw it, didn't even play it, I just saw it, I had no quarters, I called my friend when I got home, i like to think of a seven-year-old <laughs> calling a friend. That's just a funny idea to me, but I did it in 1989. Like, you won't believe it was at the mall. There's a Ninja Turtles game. It is totally cool. They talk in it. It's got the entire theme song. It didn't, of course. It tricks you into thinking <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, just like this game. Yeah. Yes. But, yes, yeah, so, yeah. And because of, uh, you know, reading Nintendo Power and being indoctrinated as Nintendo had planned from my birth... I knew what Konami was, I knew the kind of games they made, I knew they were good, and so by the time this game came around, I was ready, and I saw this in my uh, local arcade that was in a strip mall that uh, went away in, like, 97, but it was called Fun, apostrophe, N Pizza, Fun-N Pizza. Mm -hmm. I had a 10th birthday party there later, but when I was 9, I saw this in the spring of 1991, and I immediately fell in love with this game, and would not beat it until probably like 6 to 8 months later when I, yes, I spent 10 bucks on this this game with a group of people <laughs> I arrived as they had started the game and because I had arrived as they started I was playing as Lisa oh wow. so <laughs> yes
3: <laughs> and they did and they they absolutely so just like the Ninja Turtles game which is very clearly based on player one is always a certain turtle player two is always a certain turtle you don't pick who you are um, and so with the the Simpsons uh, they put Bart and Homer on player two and player three mm-hmm. which are in the center of the machine uh, figuring everybody's going to want to play as Bart the next person's going to want to play as homer and then you know the the, the kids who come up later are gonna be like oh i have to play it, girl and then they <laughs> so they stick marge and lisa on the end of course the funny thing is that marge was first players when i played it you know in in an emulator uh and i just had the first player controller um i just played the whole thing through as marge oh, yeah, me and too very happy about it
0: yeah and when I was a kid and not understanding, like, licensing agreements or whatever, it just blew my mind. Like, why don't they make a Super Nintendo version of this? All the other games are bad. Why can't... Yeah. Well, now I know why. Yeah. And there are home ports of this, and most of them are pretty bad. I think, like, maybe the Amiga port or mm-hmm. something like that comes the closest, or the DOS port comes the closest.
3: Right. The company Acclaim had locked down all the rights to do the, the the home console versions. Konami had the rights to arcade, and Konami was able to get the rights to computer versions. Mm-hmm. Hence, you could play the Simpsons arcade game on MS-DOS, You figure they would have worked something out, you know? Like, I mean, just because Acclaim had the rights to publish the games didn't mean that they... Couldn't do a version of Konami's game, but well, you know, they just decided not to
1: acclaim and them weren't they? They were battling out like the turtle games were killing acclaim games for like the ultra games turtle stuff was beating acclaim, right? So, yeah, uh, but that, but to me, that gave it like extra prestige for me. Like the turtle, I was not stupid enough to think that Uh TMNT2, the arcade game, was the exact same as the one that was in the arcades. But when I played it at home with my brother, it, I at least felt like. Like, yeah, I'm playing it. This is the arcade game. If you look at it now,
0: it's so ambitious and it's still a good game. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like this was a time in which, like you said, Henry, uh, arcade games are everywhere. Like in every lobby, in the the Midwest, every mud room, there was an arcade (laughs) machine set up every 7-Eleven. And still to this day, if I see this game, I will at least play the first level. Because you can beat the first level with one quarter, maybe 2
1: mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm. That's one of those things that's, like, so anachronistic in The Simpsons, but I love it that in, in the Quickie Mart, there's always that nuke arcade game there because it's like, well, yeah, it's a yeah. It's a Seven Eleven, They have to have one arcade game there just to, like, suck up uh, spare change from children who buy their squishies there. Like, that. that's not part of the business anymore. And then, you know, then we all went through the experience of being an adult, playing it again and realizing, like, oh, if you take out money from this equation, <laughs> it goes pretty fast. It's about 20 yeah. minutes long. Yeah. Yep. I think for a lot of people, if it wasn't from just emulating every arcade game, um, it would have been when they paid five bucks for the TMNT 360, uh, uh, yeah, 360 live game and just saw, like, oh, this lasts 10 minutes on free play, this uh, Ninja Turtles game.
0: And you know um, what? Uh, Konami didn't actually make a lot of uh, brawlers, or if you want to be fancy, a belt scroller. Yeah. No. They didn't actually make a lot of these, despite how good they were at this genre. I guess, I mean, in the terms of video game history, this genre was like a blip because as soon as Street Fighter II came out in the same year, people were just less interested. So you'd see a trickle of a few more things like Konami. This same team, a lot of the same people would make the Bucky O'Hare arcade game, which is very beautiful, but nobody Mm. cares about that IP. (laughs) So you'd see a few more brawlers here and there after this, but it was just fighting games and nobody really cared about anything else. So this is the same year as Turtles in Time, which again, another peak of the genre Mm
2: -hmm.
1: yeah and i mean in the next year the x-men arcade game like me and my brother loved that so much and that was one where it wasn't just a fight over two characters we loved every character and it was just like so colorful and beautiful but yeah i guess uh now you know i'd i wouldn't buy a vintage arcade machine because i've seen the pains that my friends who have bought ones have they're just (laughs) like this is just a pain in the ass i don't want one but Uh, I would if by the time you're listening to this, it's been announced like there is a rumored arcade cabinet coming uh, recreation of it. I would pay up to a thousand dollars for it. It's, I mean, <laughs> wow! I just I, I, this game means is I love the just looking
0: at it. I mean, yeah. there are those arcade one-up, uh, you know, recreations of cabinets. I hate to be a stick in the mud. Whenever I see those and people buying more than one, I'm like, just build a main cabinet, guys. You can put anything you want on the outside. It's fine. Just build a main cabinet. You can have more than one game available. That's just me, though.
1: Some people just want to buy it out of the box, you know. Mm. That's the <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. My uh, so uh, funnily enough, my my next uh, real experience with the Simpsons arcade machine it turned out to be uh, my my wife, her old apartment, um, which her roommates still live in. One of her roommates had a, had bought a Simpsons arcade machine and put it Whoa. down in the in the garage. And uh, recently, you can go look this up on my Twitter if you want. <laughs> an elderly driver who was trying to back out of the supermarket parking lot that was across the street from their house slammed on the gas thinking it was the brake and rocketed himself across several lanes of traffic I saw that. and skills somehow. This is a San Francisco, you know, attached uh, row house with a, with a one car wide driveway managed to skill shot himself into their driveway, smashing into the car in the driveway, sending the car through the garage door and into the Simpsons arcade uh, machine. Um, uh, the Simpsons arcade machine, I think it still works. It's just taken some some body damage, unfortunately.
1: Uh, that's sad. That was, I know. Uh, uh, that's you know, a tragedy.
0: That that stinks, but in terms of sheer circulation, I, can't, I couldn't find any hard numbers. I don't know if any are publicly available, but I feel like this game and that Ninja Turtles arcade game, the first one, they had the, one of the biggest circulations of all arcade games, even bigger than things like Street Fighter 2. I, I would see these everywhere, and I still kind of mm-hmm. do. Like, I'll see one with a broken monitor or, like, funky controls. But this and the first Ninja Turtles game, I still see places more than any other machine.
3: And people, I think the thing is that people think they want a Simpsons or even a Ninja Turtles arcade machine more than they actually do, because like you buy the machine and you, okay, I finally got the Simpsons arcade game. And then you play the Simpsons arcade game one time. And then you're like, oh, right. I don't actually necessarily need to play this again anymore. And so then you own the Simpsons arcade game and you probably want to sell the Simpsons arcade game a little bit later. So I think there's a little bit less demand than something that would you know get a lot more use out of it or something where Mm. you know like buying a donkey kong or a tempest or something like that where you're gonna build your skill up on that same game versus something that you know was really just meant to take your quarters and give you 20 minutes of entertainment and send you on your <laughs> way.
1: I mean, a cocktail machine, that can at least double as a coffee table. I've said this can, so many times. We can you eat know, dinner know. off of this
0: Pac-Man tonight, yeah, honey. Yeah,
1: Again? <laughs> <laughs> now, look, I'm still going to buy it. You can't stop me. I'm yeah. buying that ar- Where is it
0: going to go, Henry? Uh,
1: you know, over there, <laughs> by the closed uh, chair, over that way. You it know. could be a
0: closed arcade cabinet. Uh,
1: yes, I know. That is what it'll become. It'll in, when The first time i put like one jacket on top of it it's like well that's over it's just <laughs> a closed thing now it's got
3: it's got four joysticks for hanging like that's oh my almost an oh. entire week's worth of hoodies can go on one two three four right there
1: Man, you're, you're selling it to be even more now Actually,
3: <laughs> the simpsons will be right back a bit. Sure thing, Dad. It's Bart versus the Space Mutants uh, for your uh, NES. Rumba. Only Bart Simpson can save the Bart. Earth. Okay,
2: ooh, ooh.
3: <laughs> Get the Simpsons game for your NES from Acclaim. Bart!
1: We hope you're enjoying a hamburger power up while listening to this break and a big thank you to our guest Chris Kohler this week. Everybody should check out his newly relaunched podcast. Good job, Brain, and all the really cool stuff he does on Twitter. Please follow Kohler on Twitter. And if you enjoyed this week's podcast, please check out our Patreon because that's where me and Bob do this as our full time jobs. Thanks to supporters there. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons is your source for tons of exclusive content, too, if you go up to that 5 buck a month level. Not only will you get next week's episode of Talking Simpsons right now, it's available for you right now at that $5 level, you also get a giant back catalog of exclusive Patreon podcasts, us covering shows like The Critic, Mission Hill, King of the Hill, and Futurama in the same style we do The Simpsons. It's all there. You just got to sign up at that $5 level, and coming very soon... Our next exclusive miniseries where me and Bob will cover Batman, the animated series, our 10 favorite episodes of it. Super duper in depth. Sign up at the $5 level at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons today to check it all out. But if you want a podcast as nice as a Diamond Pacifier, you should check out the $10 premium level at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. That's where you'll find the What a Cartoon Movie podcast. You may have heard that me and Bob have a sister podcast, What a Cartoon, where we cover animated series super in-depth just like we do on Talking Simpsons. And if you sign up at that $10 level, you get to hear the monthly premium podcast, What a Cartoon Movie we go super in-depth even over five hours long about an animated feature film we just finished our summer of disney renaissance where we covered hercules hunchback of notre dame and the lion king and coming this next month we're doing the road to el dorado the 2000 overlooked classic co-directed by simpsons legend david silverman there is a giant back catalog over 150 hours of what a cartoon movie podcast at your fingertips if you go up to that ten dollar level in addition to all the five dollar things i just talked about check it all out at once more patreon.com slash talking simpsons
0: Now, I guess we would go into deeper detail on this on Retronauts, but I will say the people who made this game, um, a lot of them would go on to form uh, the studio Treasure, who made a lot of very quirky games. In fact, the person who did the music for the game, Norio Hanzawa, would be like Treasure's music person. And uh, and the person who designed the characters for the game, the very attractive, uh, off-model, Oh, they're off-model, but they're very cute. Yasushi yes, Takano, creator of the uh, Sonic-like Sparkster. So the creator mm. of Sparkster for Konami did the character designs for this game. Again, they are off-model, but I like the cute mishmash of a Japanese sensibility with the Matt Groening thing. Like, it never happened again.
1: Yeah. Right, yeah.
3: right. And it's really, it's, it's all really good. It's really well, the gra- you know, the, the animation, the graphics are so well designed. The music is great and catchy. The gameplay is fun. You know, it's it, this game could have been crap. And, you know, they, they some they, some other arcade game maker could have done it. Instead, it was done by, like, this A-team at Konami, and it's really, really good.
0: Yes, in terms of just the sheer amount of animations, especially for the time, just mm. look at these, these sprite sheets for this game, just the amount of things the characters can do, the amount of attacks they have, the amount of ways they can get hurt, the amount of ways they can get just tangled up in their own weapons. They thought of a condition for everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, you compare it to... Ninja Turtles, where each turtle is virtually mm. the same except for you know the weapon, and then meanwhile you have a full family, each with their own like dimensions and size and movements, and then who all have their own co-op attacks. Like it's uh, much denser uh, design-wise, like just art design-wise.
0: Although I will say the one strange thing about so we've, we've been doing this podcast for like six years now. So upon starting this game, I'm like, oh, is my podcast starting? Because no, yes, it's the yeah. same music, and then when you <laughs> get to true. the Japanese boss. Uh, you're like, oh, it's commercial time on Talking Simpsons. That's so right. Now yep. I associate that music with our <laughs> podcast, unfortunately. Uh, and in case you're wondering, that's where it comes from. People yeah. have asked us in the past.
1: It's fun. It was fun to do arcade music as the opening for a par- podcast. Plus, we, me and Bob had a video game podcasting background when we started the show. And so I, I think, too, it was like, uh video game music's basically public domain we can just put this at the start who's gonna sue us nobody uh no uh, d- don't sue us please but yeah the i yeah the i guess from looking at your notes bob the music guy hanzala Has to be like the most you know notable dude of the uh, the developers uh, listed in here, yeah.
0: Yeah, like uh, soundtracks for things like Gunstar Heroes and Dynamite Heady and Mischief Makers, Mm -hmm. and this has a very catchy soundtrack that doesn't actually rely too much on the Simpsons theme. Yeah, it kind of weaves in and out, but it's not like uh, annoying.
1: But unlike uh, all acclaimed games other than bart versus space mutants they paid for the elfman song yeah yeah yeah.
0: i'm just thinking of all the reimaginings of that when they didn't feel like paying and they're just they're all very painful in
1: 1991 for this uh like you mentioned you know a japanese aesthetic to very american style drawings this was a great time for that because you know uh, tiny Toon adventures was all the rage in 1991 and that the best episodes of that are TMS the animators for like lupon and Detective Conan doing looney tune style animation mm-hmm. and it's just this great Combo of styles that that works so well, and I think you see a lot of that in the Simpsons game too. Like the the action of like just the drawing of Homer's like uppercuts, yeah. like is just so like cool looking. Or Bart's Bart's hopping swing of his skateboard, like it it's like poetry in motion to <laughs> me. I, I don't. Know. They're also
0: giving a lot of peace signs in this game, so you oh, can tell yeah. it's from Japan.
1: Also, uh, the art design wise, I I did last september hoping that we do this uh on twitter i tried to see if uh, bill morrison the simpsons artist had any you know extra insight into this because uh, in case you don't know bill morrison who is you know a uh, legendary comic artist and 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 graphic designer in his own right he uh, do you remember the vhs cover to basically any simpsons release or the vhs cover to even the little mermaid he did that like that was bill morrison uh and he did so much of the simpsons merch back then so i asked him on twitter like did you work on this and he said no he did not even though he did the cover art for Bart versus space Mutants didn't mm. work on this. Uh, then do you know who would have done the art for this and these, these cut, cut scenes? Cause it's definitely off model at times. Uh, and he says, some are just, you know, straight up taken out of the 1990 style guide. They would send licensors of like, if you wonder why there was like the same five drawings of Lisa, you'd see on t-shirts during Bart mania. That's because these are the approved drawings of Lisa that are in the style guide. So he figures the animators just uh, in Japan probably just had the style guide in front of them, just grabbed him out uh, and had character designs. And then stuff like Homer bumping into Smithers at the very start. His best guest was at the time they just had a stable of unnamed Klasky Chupo artists on the animation side who would take side work of like, hey, can you just draw this original thing and then we'll send it to Japan and they'll digitize it.
0: This game feels like more than any other game uh, of this era. They did work directly with Klasky Chupo and even Matt Groening and one mystery was solved for me because uh, for my life I was I always asking the question, why does Lisa have a jump rope in this game? Like her mm. thing is a saxophone. She's not known for her jump roping abilities in the show <laughs> and then a few years ago a fan of the show gifted me this vintage uh, mug with Lisa jump jumping rope. And it says overachiever and proud of it. So I was like, they were probably given a lot of merchandising images as well. It's like, oh, Lisa has a jump rope in this thing. She could use a jump rope as a weapon.
1: Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Mm -hmm. That, yeah, I... Well, you can definitely tell I I have lots of guesses of like, oh, why this thing happened in the game here? Why that? But I I definitely think Matt Groening was more involved in this than he was in some of the like home games that we played in our youths as well. I think I think, too, he just had the real like it was it was probably novel for him like, oh, this is the first time. I get to make calls on a video game. So I'm going to do some fun stuff. And I mean, of course the inclusion of all the life and hell stuff, like that's a separate license yeah. from the Simpsons. So he had to give that in addition to the Simpsons license. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It wasn't a cute cameo on the title screen. You see life and hell characters, copyright Mac Reining. There's even the Mac Reining signature at the bottom yeah. of the title yeah. screen. Well,
3: I mean at that, you know, at that time, you know, I kind of important to remember, right. I mean, I'm sure your audience can put the, put the, do the math on this one, but you know, with, this game coming out in the beginning of 1991, that means it was developed, you know, in 1990, um, which means that they had, as far as like reference materials, they had like the first season of The Simpsons, right? I mean, that's, that's basically what it's based on. So There's not a whole lot of material to draw off of, as we'll see, I think as we start going stage by stage here. Probably including the Life in Hell characters, they were like, oh, like these are recognizable characters. We should we should, you know, maybe add these in as well, um, to uh to give you know people more things that they might recognize that they might say, oh, that's cool. We should, you know, let's play this game. Just because if you when you start looking, there's there's very few characters from The Simpsons that they really could put into this game. There there is Blinky the three-eyed fish, which is season two. Um, but but fundamentally yeah uh, you know, it's, it's sort of a season one video game with
0: uh, with the way production works in the show they're working nine months ahead of time so I have to assume that probably konami might have had uh half of season two production materials in terms of characters and in fact it's interesting to see in this game what the game does first before the show like a thing about zombies or a thing about mm-hmm. an amusement park mm-hmm. uh, I, I just feel like those are those are cool ideas for a video game but the show would eventually do them on their own as like episodes or segments
1: and and I also like that you can spot some stuff from the shorts like this is mm-hmm. one of the last times the shorts would be used for any kind of content instead of just like ignored in existence they like there's there's some moments where they have to go like well what's a gorilla look like well they drew a gorilla in the shorts so let's go with that oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. the yep. pink gorilla yep. Yep. yeah when the game got re-released uh briefly on home consoles yes that's when we got to see the the japanese version of it that most americans probably never played
0: it has some minor changes that make the game a lot easier. And what actually I found slightly shocking is that, uh, especially for a game that's Japan only, there is now a nuclear bomb super weapon that kills everything on the screen. Usually in Japan, they don't like that kind of content in their game for obvious reasons. There are mm-hmm. things taken out of like the Fallout series that involve nuclear weapons. That'd you be- can guess why.
1: Yeah that so to add the nuclear bomb for the japanese ver- my <laughs> you know my guess there is a lot of my guesses come to matt graining wanted blank or blank i i will also say that uh when we interviewed paul provenzano who was uh one of the executive producers on the acclaim era of simpsons games uh he said an internal joke they had was uh graining rhymes with complaining yes so we we mm-hmm. know that graining had lots of notes on stuff i could see that they made the, you know, it wasn't it was pretty normal to have and clear the area attack move in a brawler mm-hmm. like this. So, I could see graining looking at a picture of Bart Simpson throwing an atomic bomb <laughs> and him saying, "I don't want Bart Simpson to throw an atomic bomb in my game."
3: Yeah, I mean, or it could be as simple as I mean, it came out it came out first and they had a few it came out first in the US and then they had a few more months uh to just work on the Japanese version. And you could, you know, you could work on arcade games you know up until you know they were very close to release because then you're just burning some new e because again you don't have to manufacture up 2 million of these things right you're 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 putting out like like 5,000 boards out into the world. So you burn a few chips, you're done. So I would imagine that they just kept working on it and added that in, but then never went back and replaced, you know, they they could have gone back and said, oh, okay, it's the Simpsons arcade game, you know, version 1.5 for the US and they upgrade it and, you know, they've done that with arcade games in the the past and added in things, but they probably just didn't do that and they probably just decided they had a, a few more months to work on the Japanese version. Let's add something that clears out enemies. Let's add some other fun stuff and it's probably as simple as that
1: well because the the bomb is present as an attack from uh burns like so the the, yeah the the bomb mm -hmm. is there yeah yeah maybe it's possible it just didn't work as an attack item uh at the time it had to ship in the u.s uh yeah before we go like level by level the characters each i just love all their designs like to bart uh has his advertising blue shirts <laughs> design which i guess also speaks to the whole like yeah they got this out of the advertising character design book uh
0: and his weapon is easy to figure out like what's he do in the opening oh he skateboards well he can move around on a skateboard and hit people with a skateboard it's yeah. great yeah
1: uh, and homer's just a brawler he i like punches that people like it uh homer didn't get into fights too much in season one but this this homer here feels more like the you know the brother from the same planet homer who just gets into like a five minute long battle (laughs) quiet man style marge of course uses a vacuum cleaner because she's the mom yeah uh, you know what it's
0: funny and i do like that uh so we know mac Raining had some influence on this game or some input on this game because we can see in two instances and we talked about this before but the original joke mac Raining had for the show is that marge was secretly a life in hell rabbit and she has rabbit ears under her uh her giant hair in the game you can see that in two instances if you attack too quickly with a vacuum cleaner she'll get her hair caught and you can see the bottoms of the ears being pulled upwards and then when she gets electrocuted by one of the enemies you can see the rabbit ears as part of her skeleton so mm-hmm. that joke was not written out of the show yet Matt Greening still had that planned for the show while yeah. this game was being made
1: <laughs> it's so funny when you hear him on like a 2002 or 3 commentary and somebody some old writer says hey Matt wasn't your plan that Marge would have buddy ears and he's like I tell you uh, that uh, I'm so like he's he's embarrassed that he le- had that as an idea now he's like no uh, that's not it anymore I, but. I like that this is the only
0: life in hell video game because Bongo <laughs> and Binky are both in it
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. They're they're all over the place. Like they're just fun. I, I would bet Grading just drew those. Yeah, I think you uh, you you maybe said that earlier on the podcast or before we recorded that I want a yeah. tattoo
0: of Binky as the Grim Reaper, I think.
1: <laughs>
0: in uh, the opening of the cemetery level.
1: I like the Binky with yeah, the magic eyes, like him in the mm-hmm. suit and his like mind control beam eyes. I love that. I think
0: those are drunk eyes. That's what oh, I read it as. Okay, all right. He's a little uh, someone slipped him a Mickey.
1: Uh and uh, and yes, uh this game did have the involvement of four of the voice actors of the main six in it.
0: Yes. As always, Henry uh, Harry Shearer sorry, not Henry Shearer. Yeah. Harry <laughs> Shearer does not like to play ball. He never did. And I'm guessing they weren't paid for this. We were talking about it before the show. It seems like there was a recording. Harry Shearer wasn't there. Hey guys, you got this fax from this video game company. Can you say these five things? And these are original uh, lines of dialogue from all the actors. Not credited, but it is them. That did not happen in the Ninja, Ninja Turtles games. Those are just people. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. not the voice actors from the show
1: Mm -hmm. i mean around the same time the bart versus space beans has like two words from nancy cartwright shoved in there as well from the show though oh yeah they are just digitized from the show yeah i these original things it feels it feels like this weird informal time where even though they're all involved in these like billion dollar deals that you could just say like hey isn't it fun to be in a video game just like you know just say a quick line is homer just say homer all right thanks like they uh, if, if Harry Shearer turned it down because it's like this is not official and I should be paid real money for it he was correct he was correct well and Hank Azaria wasn't a regular on the show in uh, by mid 1990 so I could see him just not recording.
0: There, there was also a weird period of time in the show's beginning in which the cast members were trying to disguise their identities so like if Dan Castellaneta was being interviewed he'd have a baseball hat on and sunglasses Oh right. they, they yeah. stopped that as soon as that episode happened where they credited every person as the character that's when they Stop doing that, but there was some weird air of mystery in the beginning of the show. Yeah, that
1: was weird. I I don't understand that uh, that way of thinking. I, yeah, I guess uh, that's old money. We're coming up to it soon in in our season two uh, return.
3: I guess they really felt like I mean you know could also have just been like well we we need Homer we need Bart we need Lisa we need Marge and that's all we actually really need need uh, as far as voices and that's that.
1: Uh, but yes, I <laughs> have all their voice clips right here. So oh, wonderful! Uh,
0: oh man, whenever I uh, hear "Welcome to My, my world. world," yeah, I enjoy it. <laughs> oh, that's no, classic oh, Smithers.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, well, well, let's start with uh, with old Homer.
2: Homer.
0: There he goes.
1: That's his name.
2: <laughs> Up and at him. <laughs>
1: i'm fried maggie <laughs> hey come back here with my
2: kid <laughs> oh.
0: I... ah! very compressed there you go i thought homer said up and let's go
1: <laughs> that's so funny hearing him say up and at him that's uh these uh, yeah that that one as a kid i always thought it was yeesh i'm blind that was mm. the one I never I. The, they were a bit garbled even there yeah. to me <laughs> you got the
0: the noise of the arcade the noise of the game and all the characters in the very glorious intro that, you know, approximates a, a small portion of the Simpsons intro, they all have character bios like the Ninja Turtles game. Uh, Homer is still his season one age of 35. Yep. Yeah. And his hobbies include a bowl and a big one. <laughs> and his famous catchphrase is, yellow. Yellow. Yes. Well, yeah, We all know that. <laughs> Everyone knows. Yeah. Uh,
1: then uh, here's all the Bart sound clips. Bart.
2: Who the hell are you? Huh. All right, let's go for it, man. Maggie, I'm toastified, man. Okie dokie. Hey, man.
1: <laughs> <Help>! <laughs> so there you go. There's uh, that that toastified man. That I even though it says it on the screen, I still was like. Or uh, also, hey, let's go for it, man! Like those, those both. I did not get them as a child.
0: That compression <laughs> wipes out uh, most meaning. So Bart, age ten, hobby instigating disobedience that feels like a macareening line. Oh yeah. Uh oh, yeah. his catchphrase is "Yo man" and he is known as El Barto and the Bartman.
1: The Bartman. Yeah, it's uh you thought there'd be a little more Bartman involvement in this, but I mean, I uh, uh thank you mm-hmm. Bob again. I'm pointing at it over there. You you can't see that, Chris, but I got uh Bob made a very nice gift uh to celebrate our 100th episode. Uh he got a pixel art version of the Bartman dropping into screens sprite from this because I just love that so yes. much. Yeah.
0: I mean I'm not even a superhero guy but I want figures of all the superhero versions of The Simpsons you see when they fly back onto the screen after they come oh, back yeah. to life. They're so cool. It's They're a touch so little cool. nice little touch that would never be in any other game
1: it's so great because they already had bartman as the merchandised machine because just batman was big in 1989 so sell a t-shirt that says bartman on it we'll
0: make our own bootlegs (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) so they had bartman and they just had to go like well what is what's homer's superhero identity well since then every character i think has had like five different superhero identities like lisa's clobber girl homer became the pie man uh you know i don't did marge ever become a superhero Mm. That's uh, I feel like she never got to be one, uh, the, but if there's like a season twenty-eight one, I'm forgetting. Uh, but uh, Bartman still, still great. Uh, so yeah, the then we've got Little Lisa. Lisa. Ha. Huh. Ha. Uh-huh, make it look
2: all right. Hey, no fair. Let's get him, Dad. That's my sister, Mister Maggie.
0: Ow! Ow! Quick! And of course, her catchphrase on the uh, attract mode is "embrace nothingness" from Dead Putting Society when she's meditating with Bart. That's right. Yeah. And Hobby wailing on her saxophone, although she's not doing that in this game.
1: Yeah, she not. She is scared of it or has nightmares of it. <laughs> but yeah, the Lisa. I will. It was. I didn't play as Lisa in the emulated thing, but I watched a four-player playthrough and i never considered it as a kid but there is something weird about watching lisa get like punched by adult <laughs> men the entire game like then didn't uh i can see why they uh well lisa wasn't like a lead in video games after this too often also just the rampant sexism of video games and how they were sold back then yeah
0: very seldom do you get playable lisa especially playable marge
1: oh yeah yeah well because i mean if you're a guy in a boardroom you'd say like no boy wants to play as their mom in a video game and that's that's just how it is but uh, but they needed a fourth player and i'm glad marge gets to mm-hmm. be playable well here why don't we why don't we hear all marge's <laughs> clips i am sure julie Kavner's voice will be uh, only better in compression
2: <laughs> marge how's my hair whoa look out world all right now play friendly oh you darn hooligans (laughs) this burns me up maggie oh oh dear oh
1: There you go. Marge, also, for, oh, go for ahead,
3: context, Chris. oh, look out world is what she says when she like eats a hamburger. In yes. The- oh, that's
1: right. Why does she say that? <laughs> that's the food. That's the food.
0: <laughs> she's uh, full of calories <laughs> and ready to rumble. Marge, yeah. age, age yeah. 34, a hobby, making tasty gelatin desserts. She did that once. Yeah. And yeah. then she shares the attract mode screen with Maggie, age one.
1: Uh, and then she's, she did turn 34 in the uh, life on the fast lane. Mm-hmm. So that's ooh. Accurate for the time. Yeah, I I I feel it's funny too that all of them have to have a thing of like, well, this is when your character's burned, because there's a, a moment where a character <laughs> is lit on fire and then you have to react to it. Like
3: My flesh is sloughing off my body.
1: <laughs> uh well that's that's all about TMNT. Like that's in TMNT so uh who like, put the lights yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh and same with like the characters smack into the screen for a very funny drawing, just like in the TMNT. 89 as well like there's uh, I was shocked in your research Bob that like there were few people who were credited on TMNT that worked on this because it it follows the pattern or the the format so much
0: yeah I was shocked by that but yeah not a lot of crossover and I believe uh Turtles in Time the second Ninja Turtles arcade game came out around the same time like Mm -hmm. roughly in the same month as this so they were really putting these games out
3: and I think they they kind of shared um if you look at like Turtles in Time and this as opposed to Turtles from you know two years prior there's some graphical upgrades there's more done I, I may be misspeaking here there, there, but I think there's more with like uh, sprite scaling uh, you know making things come into and out of the screen you know other little technical you know advancements of the boards that this and mm-hmm. Turtles in Time I think share because they were probably just developed simultaneously after the first Turtles. If
0: I had to guess are the same uh, arcade boards the mm. same like technology. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: yeah uh, well also you look at the Simpsons four player Machine and the Turtles three, four player machine from '89. Like, it's made to be reskinned. It's made to turn, oh, yeah. you know, your Turtles machine into a Simpsons machine. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, and every character's got a pair of combo moves together. I have a new appreciation for the Marge and Bart one because (laughs) he just becomes like a bouncing off the screen like projectile. He hits everything from one side to the other. And
0: you activate that by standing next to each other and not moving for a few seconds. Mm -hmm. It's not advertised on the arcade machine, and it's not uh, shown to you in the like attract mode. So like when I was playing in the arcade, kids had to be like, "Hey, look what we can do!" Like they Mm -hmm. it was like a little secret kind of thing.
3: Yeah and that's great that yeah that like every combination of characters has their own move I mean that's that's really cool I love the especially Homer especially because yeah. uh, there's no um there's no there's no individual super moves there's jump and attack, and then you can do whatever whatever sort of jump kick or jump attack. And then actually, if you press the buttons together simultaneously, which in the in the Turtles games, I believe, it does a special attack that um, sucks health. up your health. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in The Simpsons, it does not. But it actually is, a, it seemed to me in my, in my testing to be a uh, more powerful attack because um, it, it seems to take out grunt-level enemies in one hit as opposed to like two or three hits. Mm. So actually, it seemed like using that was but the, the risk reward of it was that it kind of leaves you vulnerable because you're you're not like high up in the air away from all the other enemies you're still kind of low to the ground so if you whiff it you're you're kind of um it's and it's a slow move you know you're a, you're a target but if you hit it you you do some damage
0: mm-hmm.
1: and everybody's got a really cool dive kick i like yeah. there, especially mm-hmm. homer's dive kick i uh, love the drawing on that
0: one of the big yeah. novelty factors of this game especially for the time is there's so many things to pick up and throw and there are yeah. so many like unique food power ups that they all do the same thing. But it's like, here's a hot dog. Here's a hamburger. Here's like pizza or yeah. whatever. They just, there's a lot of variety and things that all kind of function the same way.
3: And every animal you, you when yes. <laughs> Santa's little helper, Snowball, you, when, you, when you wander onto the screen, they're a weapon. You can pick them up and throw them at things. And you have like one good shot at it too. Because if you whiff, I think they, they fly off the screen. They don't stick around so you have to if <laughs> you use them correctly and uh you know smash somebody with them they're secret food items uh you can hit the trees and things like that and then if you keep hitting the tree after the food item comes out one of the life and hell rabbits emerges with a sign that says all gone beat it yeah yeah that
1: i had to hit every tree to see that sign as a kid i was a very complacent kid i think this is the game Funny.
0: also that if you if you just stay on the screen when there's no enemies and the little the little finger will stop pointing and then it'll start attacking you too yeah, yeah.
1: i love yeah. that yeah i also the game is much noisier than even i remembered like, yeah i watch uh just doing my single player playthrough i was like boy hey look go for it. Ah, ah, ah. like just all that noise and then when i watched a four-player player version of it, like every character is just making noise every second this uh, yep.
0: i mean imagine like this needs to be in an arcade it needs to attract the most attention so when you yep. hear that like the simpsons it's calling to you as a yeah. nine-year-old from and across that, the room and that's
3: so important too because like that attract mode is so important for arcade games and this game had an amazing attract mode right i mean the fact that because again the home games they're they're not going to have that perfect you know they're you're, I mean perfect you know very compressed but they're not going to be able to play the opening notes of The Simpsons with the chorus and the you know the have it look so perfect um, the 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 little clips from the show's intro the music I mean that that attract mode was very attractive.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah it, it, that's another one where they learn from tmnt like when i heard the i did it i was like well okay run run to that like right now it's and, and same with this yeah uh well yeah i guess i mean let's start with the opening you know the elfman score they recreate some shots of uh the opening but usually it's just like here's bart jumping out of the school now the bart bio here's homer taking off his uh work uh, outfit, and now here's Homer's bio. Lisa plays the saxophone. Here's Lisa bio. Marge and Maggie driving. Here's Marge bio. It's very
0: clever in just how little is actually moving, but it still kind of convinces you you're watching the opening. And, and yeah. when I downloaded the uh, the ROM for this, because you can't you can't play this legally anymore, it's not available. <laughs>
1: you didn't save your PlayStation Three <laughs> with it? They, they uh, downloaded forever. No, I my PS3 <laughs> is
0: actually hooked up to my TV, but I never bought it for that. Ah. But yeah, when you download the ROM, it's like four megabytes, so that's. All of this information just crammed into that little amount of space.
1: I guess that was a lot of information back then. Yes, it was. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And uh, they do the couch gag of uh, Maggie falling onto Marge's lap. That was first seen in Moaning Lisa. Uh, And also Bart's hand is like really his wrist out of his left hand is drawn very weird there there's i did notice that yeah (laughs) it begins with uh smithers doing what we all know him to do robbing a jewelry store yes oh
3: yeah this is that i mean obviously there's some there's 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 you know there's some stuff that's off model there's some stuff that's a little weird the i mean absolutely the weirdest weirdest part Uh of this whole game right is that it is that the plot is smithers is a hundred percent an evil villain who robs a jewelry store because that's you know what he does of course the the diamond that he was trying to rob gets swapped with maggie's pacifier so he kidnaps maggie and Mm -hmm. uh takes her away on his helicopter which is of course a, a, absolutely a, a recognizable Smithers move, if, if I've ever heard of it.
0: Yeah. Well, the power plant needs funding, and that's the only way to do it. No, I uh, love this mad bomber Smithers. In fact, Henry and I both have the same T-shirt design with him on it, like throwing the bombs everywhere that somebody made. Uh,
1: if mine was clean today, I'd have worn it. I didn't. Yeah.
0: And this Smithers is the white jacket Smithers, the first Smithers. It's just like Lupin. There's white jacket Smithers, and there's green jacket Smithers. Green yeah. jacket Smithers is the, the, the current Smithers.
1: Yeah, so in the first... first... First appearance of Smithers, uh, he is a black man with a white jacket. In his second appearance in No Disgrace, like home, he's given the yellow skin and he still has his white coat. By his third appearance in Telltale Head, he will be in his full tan suit. So this is the only other appearance of Yellow Skin White Coat Smithers uh, in in Simpson stuff.
3: Though he's also given
1: like a black <laughs> uh, cape, <laughs> which very stylish.
3: I love that. Yes, yeah. full of full of the bo- because he is the um, jumping ahead. He's the he's the prelude mm. to the to the boss fight with 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 who we don't really know who the boss fight will will be at that yeah. at that point we can kind of guess. Mm-hmm. No. But, uh, <laughs> but yes, he throws bombs at you and and says, I think as you said earlier, "Welcome to my world."
0: Doesn't that doesn't mean anything? I don't know why yeah. he said that. <laughs> no, the,
3: the world of the world of getting bombs thrown in your face. And uh... Burns uses the
0: the phrase "suckers," which we'll hear later, oh, which is yeah. funny. And
3: welcome to your grave, suckers. Well, well, here's <laughs> this. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, uh, no, I, it,
1: yeah, here's the Smithers sounds. I got them here.
3: Okay, all right. Welcome to my world.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? That laugh sounds like something that Dan Castellaneta did for them.
1: I absolutely think sure. it's Dan Castellaneta. Yeah, I, I, I am, I'm with you there, Bob. Yeah, the well, I mean, if if you are in the Let's Design an Ninja Turtles game for Simpsons Mindset, and you see Smithers and Burns in the character pack, like. I can see you thinking, well, that's our Shredder and Krang. That's, there's there's yes. Shredder, the mini-boss beforehand, and then Krang, the final boss. That's like, exactly
0: yeah, how yeah. this game works, too. Yeah. The last level is just yeah. a, bo- a two-boss-boss rush. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, and when he robs the jewelry store, he's surrounded by nondescript henchmen who you know predate you know fat tony's crew from season three or even crusher and low blow our favorite goons
0: i love these like lionel hutz looking goons yes, you fight yeah. smithers has like just yeah. an entire horde of goons that are just populating the streets every every place mm-hmm. you go they're after you you
1: know there's needy and they it very
3: clear it. like every now and again like when you get to um uh it's like oh you're, you're it's like here comes crusty the clown and you have to fight him but then when he dies he, he he's his sprite is replaced by a goon sprite it was just a goon dressed up as correct Kr- don't worry folks we're not really beating up trusty
1: Clown. (laughs) uh yeah the uh well i mean also like this starting with an introductory kidnapping like uh in part because of you know the popularity in japan of the film streets of fire you start these beat-em-ups with a kidnapping like that 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 film had such a cult popularity that you know games like final fight and Double double dragon kunio kun like those those all took from that like oh that started with a woman being kidnapped and then a guy fights gang members until he frees her let's do that let's do the game like that cool movie that stays as a constant in a beat-em-up so that even in this like well i guess we'll kidnap maggie we can't (laughs) kidnap marge i guess it's maggie
0: we need four players
1: yeah (laughs) then stage one begins and I think just like in Bart and the Space Mutants, this is where they kind of front load it with uh, familiar stuff, though they do keep the kind of reference characters or familiar faces. They're sprinkled throughout, but it's really big in this intro part. You walk by Abe and Patty and Selma, who both kind of look like they just <laughs> melded into one person in a palette swap. Like they're not, neither looks right. They walk by the Rusty Barnacle, first seen in Homer's Night Out. Noiseland Arcade, first seen in uh, Moaning Lisa
0: and howie is there the classic simpsons character howie
1: howie the game master he's the one who'll smack you through the wall the door uh you see the hamster the bart turned green and bart the genius in the window at the pet store and then you see old skinny boy and martin prince standing in front of that wiener graffiti and i really like that you can pick up the bus sign from the season one opening and throw it i like that
0: and i think if you have four players you can pick up the cop car Oh, I think you okay. can actually pick up and throw the cop car if oh, you have four players or man. two, maybe.
1: I was trying it just by myself. I didn't know. Ah, oh, man, uh, I wish I didn't see uh, the only uh, the four-player playthrough I watched and try to grab that cop car. I want to watch the Simpsons throw and destroy a cop <laughs> car. That sounds fun. No,
0: no wigum, but you do fight evil firemen.
1: Yes, yeah. Are we to believe those are actual dangerous firemen, or that one of the goons stole fireman equipment? Hmm. One of uh, Ber- I mean, Birds does have a lot of goons, and you know, another really cool thing I like is twice. is uh, starting in this stage. They tease that father-son gangster boss fight. Like they walk in and then walk out. Oh That's yeah, I was nice. I was
0: going to mention that. In that, mm-hmm. I was looking at the the cutting room floor wiki, which goes over a lot of you know what was cut from games, what's you know buried in the data. Uh, apparently. These those uh, the short gangster and the tall gangster were going to be regular enemies because there are different versions of them color wise in the data. So I think they just needed a boss for something. So like, all right, take them out of the game. They will eventually be a boss. So they were going to be mixed into the standard uh, roster of enemies at one point in the game's development. Okay, I
1: like them as a boss fight, but uh, I do like those
0: as the original characters. They're funny
1: and uh, and also yeah when you walk by noiseland arcade they've got to sign up for the simpsons game which likes the simpsons new game mm-hmm. which i guess the official name for this game is the simpsons yeah it's not <laughs> the simpsons yeah <laughs>
3: yeah which is funny because you know, and then we'll see it <laughs> later on as well the uh the actual the the in-game arcade cabinet too so they were, yeah. really, they were thinking ahead there
1: and then you can uh, steal sherry or terry's burger uh she also is not colored there's there's a lot of times where i'm like well i guess probably the color uh choices were limited and so that's yeah. why they like or because uh, sherry is um typical yellow skin color not the pale skin color that she normally is Mm-hmm and uh, then they face professor von braun who uh had not no he had premiered in an episode yeah, right before this that was yeah. bart
0: the daredevil so warner von braun uh inexplicably is the boss because like the studio lights come down mm-hmm. over the springfield bridge i guess is that the suicide bridge
1: oh yeah that is where homer tries to kill himself yeah yeah or takes his boulder for a walk yeah yes. and
0: inexplicably you do fight the wrestler from bart the daredevil so a big problem with this uh, game, uh, at, at least this point in the series, there weren't a lot of villains. And I find it inexplicable that Sideshow Bob is not a villain in this game. Yeah. He gives you like a power up. He gives you like a mallet, right? A full turkey. Oh, he a gives turkey. You yeah. Like a
1: roast turkey, yeah. It's, yeah, why I will give it to uh Bart versus Space Mutants there that they identified better villains. Like you fight Nelson in it and you fight it would be weird if Homer and Marge beat up Nelson. <laughs> so why? I wanna see
0: it. <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah, why why not? Sideshow Bob that's, that's wacky to me Yeah
0: One other thing I was thinking about While playing Replaying this game Is that uh, Current Simpsons Are very big on Hey remember when we did this We're gonna reference that mm. I think a big treat For millennials Would be If they just adapted This arcade game As an episode mm. That would be a hoot And I think everyone Would love it
1: Totally. Yeah. But Maggie, Maggie gets kidnapped by Smithers and then they all comment on the oddness of it all. Yeah.
0: Like why is, well, why is Moe's underground now?
1: Uh, Also, by the time of 1991, I understood that a blinking red boss means he's about to die. And the more red blinks, the better. Uh, And
3: that was really, I mean, uh, I I think that the, the idea behind that particular mechanic was when you get into those boss fights, like after you do like a couple of hits, the boss starts blinking and it's really just to, to, to try to get you to feed more money and like hey you're oh you almost beat this boss yeah. it's blinking don't you want to put another quarter in you're so close you're almost there really but you, i mean even when even when the boss is blinking it's not necessarily the case that uh that you're that you're going to even do it on the next quarter it's just a big tease to try to get you to put in more so you can see what the next level is because oh, yeah. nobody really knew what the next level was after that so you know it's like I, I gotta see what it is
1: it could be anything who knows yeah, yeah i and then uh once you defeat him and there's a cheering crowd which makes me wonder if this was televised uh, mm-hmm. and you get the first time you get to see the win animation dance of everybody homers is the best which i i definitely think was from the character uh, like the licensor pack of like here's a because it's like in ads you can see for new episodes Homer celebrate dance kind of mm-hmm. thing i the others are harder to identify but i i would bet they come from similar character packs of just bart hopping up and down to be like yeah and uh yeah depending on who you play as that's where you hear homer's like come back with my come back here with my kid uh and it's a very weird shot of like everybody the back of people on the edge of the bridge looking at the crusty balloon fly away it's
0: a weird it's always a weird angle on the simpsons the backs of the heads yeah
1: and uh, then we get bonus stage number one, which uh, that's another thing the game kind of mixes around with. Sometimes it's the green shirt crusty from the shorts, and other times it's purple shirt crusty uh, from <laughs> season one uh but like on the balloon it's kind of green shirt and on the it's green shirt crusty on the bonus stage graphic as well these balloon popping mini games drove me crazy because my brother was always better (laughs) than me and i never won them it's a young man's
0: game and it's a a nice show off of like this the sprite scaling technology and i like the Mm -hmm. simpsons all fly there on balloons that are in the shape of their own heads
1: yeah yeah No, the squashing and stretching of a sprite was very impressive in 1991. We we all marveled at it, uh, the people younger than us. It's like, wow, the sprite, it's scrunched. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And then uh, we're at Krusty Land. So there have been many depictions of amusement parks on The Simpsons. This is before any of them. But Krusty Land as an entity, is that the name of the amusement park at Universal Studios? It is. Okay, yes. yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, in I, I tried to look up the history of Krusty Land as far as uh, the, the concept of Krusty the Clown having his own Disneyland type thing. Because, you know, in season two... Krusty does a whole bunch of shows for Mount Splashmore and they go to Duff Gardens in season three, or sometimes they go to itchy and scratchy land, uh, in camp Krusty, they do make a reference to Euro Krusty land as oh, right. one of the Euro Disney jokes, but that's kind of it, uh, in universe, and this i guess is debatable because like how in canon is the ride as opposed to an episode of the show uh but it wasn't until the simpsons ride in 2008 2009 that Krusty land became a true real thing uh though this is the first version of it too though then there's also signs in the background that say springfield amusement park not Krusty land Yeah.
0: That is true. Not a lot of crusty presence in this game, uh, Mm -hmm. less than I thought there would be. I mean, he is technically the boss of this stage, but uh, yeah. yeah, it just, it feels like a missed opportunity. Yeah.
1: Uh, and, and you beat up guys dressed like Krusty who bounce off of uh, balls balls and stuff. Well, yeah. uh,
0: I mean, I guess we'll get to it. There's a darker implication in this game that Krusty is dead because to go to uh, the elevator that goes to Moe's Tavern, you have to go into Krusty's grave.
1: Oh, I forgot that grave said Krusty. The grave says Krusty and there's like a uh, clown headstone. So this game's Jesus. like, oh, no, Krusty died. Oh, my God. These are his helpers. Uh, you know, he always had heart problems. So. It's, true. it's not. <laughs> a... <laughs> or it's just the first time he faked his death before. Uh... Oh, yeah. Uh, that's another of the important parts of this game that feel like uh, perhaps a graining request of like well you can beat up a you can draw a guy that looks like crusty but you didn't beat up crusty you can mm. beat up somebody who looks like binky but then it's a guy in a costume you know mm. And also, this is where you can spot Otto and Marvin Monroe at the concession stand. There's
0: also this weird uh, proto-baby Gerald in this stage. You'll that let you see him in Moe's. so
1: fucking weird. Yeah. yeah I never <laughs> noticed that baby until this the,
0: time. The baby's, like, crawling behind the train. You can barely see it. Then he's later. He's at Moe's. So I'm like, this is a weird-ass, like, shorts baby or, like, yeah. life, life in hell baby.
3: I think you're meant to think that it's uh maggie because mm. it's sort of obscured and it looks like maggie but then you know the the, the face is revealed and it's like oh oh that's not maggie yeah I
1: didn't beat the game. that's what i guess the gut the the intended joke is yeah and this this is also where Santa's a little helper first appears and he's used as a weapon happily <laughs> nothing nothing happens to you him just chuck time. him like a football <laughs> and uh and then this is also right after this is where you meet millhouse he gives you a hammer which is really good at beating mm-hmm. up those teacups like that's i i I also hate the the hammers again remind me of sibling rivalry of just battling with my brother of like, no, I'm in the hammer. Like that's fine. Yep. I mean I mean also the process of playing a game like this with a brother or well, let's just say a sibling is that you each just take every food item you yeah. can, even if there's no time for negotiation to say, like, no, I need it more. It's just like, Oh, I saw the burger first. There mine. Uh but yeah, those uh the teacup ride, that's a cute joke. It's fine. Mm-hmm. and and then we get to see the tease of the father and son again uh the crusty land also has zoo animals as well like <laughs> it's like it's like a disney world yeah but yeah
0: that is like the pink gorilla from the shorts
1: yeah it's from
0: throw shit at homer correct
1: it does throw shit at homer yeah it's the uh, the almond short the season two almond short zoo story uh where the family goes to the zoo and the joke is that there are you know five apes that all look like them though this is the only the homer ape uh and yeah. Yes, that's the one who throws a brown substance into Homer's face, let's say. Ah. They, they don't say what it is. It could be anything.
3: <laughs> you sound like the host of Double Dare right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> a storytelling thing I never noticed
1: until now, but the bear escapes that will appear in, like, stage five. Mm. It busts out that uh, it's the one that will scare Smithers at the start of the forest stage.
0: And uh, Krusty really locked down the Life and Hell characters. There's a, bit, there's a Binky show happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a giant,
1: like, mouth of Binky you enter into for these Binky shows that happen from 10 from 10 to 7 kids
0: love uh, <laughs> comics about disaffected adults
1: uh and and this is when you see some of the smooth criminal enemies the first of the michael jackson references which i mean michael jackson was just everywhere at the time so it was probably just a cool thing to do but also while working on this game matt greening was working with michael jackson on the do the bartman song so mm-hmm. i do wonder if there's if it is like this in the thriller thing is it meant to be a wink to his then friend michael jackson mm-hmm. which was a totally normal thing to have at the time i think just inescapable
0: yeah. pop culture reference it's like people will know what this is and think it's funny
1: yeah yeah and then we get another squash and stretch boss fight this time against a crusty balloon and uh oh yeah this is also when you can get hot dogs from sherry and terry a combo of hot dogs
0: and snowball too.
1: Oh yeah and the snowball two to throw yeah uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: this boss uh it's not the most imaginative things there are two bosses in this game that are just kind of orbs that bounce around but i do like the sound of the bouncing in this yeah. uh, of this giant crusty balloon
3: yeah, oh right. Yeah, because yeah, the, the, the giant crusty balloon was good. There there's another boss that we'll get to that I thought was pretty lazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if lazy is the right word, but you know um pretty uh, deflating
1: and uh, this is when everybody falls it's the first of two giant falls yeah. in the game
3: you need those because it's always uh, it shows what characters are playing at the time right mm-hmm. so i mean it swaps out for yeah so for me it was just marge falling alone <laughs> it is it is
0: interesting and like it's another little neat touch in that they try to connect these environments in some way it's like well now you're falling to this or now you're running to this they, they yeah. don't need to do it they could just be isolated levels and you're just having fun with the simpsons but they do try to connect them in some way
1: and so then we move on to stage three, the very graining named Discount Cemetery. Uh, I got Springfield Discount Cemetery, and I I think it's a funny little bit of animation that they fall through that tree and all smack on their face. No matter which yeah. character you're playing as, they smack on their face when they land. And I I spotted the frogs. There's just frogs walking around in here. They're based on the design of Bart's frog from Crepes of Wrath, hmm. and uh and this is where it's kind of like the the ghost guy is falling out of the tree that feels like one of those culturally japanese touches to me i, I hmm. don't know i don't think of like a a haunted house in america having ghosts hanging in trees There's, uh the hanging from tree thing feels uh different connotations in america I that guess. is true <laughs> that yeah. is true yeah. yeah, and uh, I also, if I could complain about the level design here, it's like the trees obscure way too much of your vision for part of this level. Like, it's just, it's too big a tree.
0: This this is one of the <laughs> coolest original levels because they're like, let's just do a horror level. And this uh, predates the Dial Z for Zombies uh, mm. segment of Trios of Horror. So they were first, damn it. <laughs> and these zombies are so cool. They do the thriller dance. It, it's a very oh. fun stage. And I like how the regular enemies... That you fight previously are now freaked out.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's I kept thinking like, oh, there's a reveal that the zombies aren't real. It's like, no, they they're all real. These things are real in this cemetery. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> Another thing that occurs to me, um, you know, that we're talking about we're getting deeper into the game from a gameplay perspective, is that um, you know, we talk about, oh, well, you know, you have to start this game, you see the first level, and then if you know, you have to feed all these these tokens into it to, you know, to, to be able to see everything. But because it was a four player game you know, you could see a full game of this being played even if one person didn't want to credit feed it to the end because people could come and go,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, right? Yeah. So somebody
3: could join in at any time, grab a controller and start playing, and then they could keep playing. And then if you ran out of money, somebody else could come in and continue. And you could have that sort of like, you know, a progression of people to the point where you actually, you could go to the arcade and see people beating this game, but it might not be the people who started the game.
1: It did really disturb me as a little kid, seeing the uh, the pink shirt fat guy just <laughs> get, doing the, uh, the the Dan Castellaneta maniacal mm-hmm. laugh as yeah green ghosts all fly around him i'm also surprised why you don't yeah. fight those ghosts they design those ghosts but they're not enemies you can fight that,
0: that i I, yeah. I like it the slightly edgy touch in that you fight all these zombies and you go into a bar like they yes. couldn't they couldn't have this bar level in a nintendo console game they wouldn't allow yeah, it
1: that's true yeah i didn't when, of course, it wouldn't be an arcade beat 'em up if you didn't have an ar- elevator stage that <laughs> took you to that next uh, area. That'll kill yeah. some time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> you
3: know, I believe in. I mean, you're you're right. You know, uh, it, with the with with Bart versus the Space Mutants, you actually can't go into Mo's bar. That's right. No. You yeah. can only be outside of it. Yeah.
1: And that's uh, those Nintendo sensors. How dare they? Man. Mm-hmm. I, want, I guess you can still call Mo in there. You can. Yeah.
3: yeah. Right, but, but you don't. But by not being able to go in there, you don't have to deal with, you know, well, what are these bottles of liquor on the? Yeah. On the you know, Because you couldn't have you could not have liquor in the game.
0: And all. I believe it just says Mo's outside. Yeah. Because right, they yeah. couldn't they couldn't even imply it was a bar. I'm, oh, yeah.
3: I'm sure there was a lot of back and forth with that. Yep.
1: And uh, this el- underground elevator section, too, it does remind me in the joke in My Sister, My Sitter, where Mo made a secret, very long tunnel to his place uh, from yeah. the squid port that made it look like it's like, hey, this isn't faux dive. This is a dive.
0: Uh, and this all you know wraps up with this boss fight Henry darkly thinks of it as a father and son that's
1: how I view it he's the guy is shorter he's wearing his dad's clothes mm. he's fighting with him I mm-hmm. I, I view it as a father and son boss L- fight. Uh,
0: weigh in in the comments
1: <laughs> I, I guess you know this is one of these things as a little kid you see and you create your own storyline <laughs> for it and until I have uh, confirmation otherwise I will believe it is that
0: the, I, I love just the big bosses and there's some cool uh, attacks that they do like the little guy will jump into the big guy's shoulders and also the big guy will grab the little guy's tie and like kind of do a yo-yo attack with him like he'll use the smaller guy as a weapon yeah sometimes
1: and and you can beat one or the other first right like yeah uh, yeah that's uh that's a neat like multi-stage to that boss too i guess you know it sort of works like uh rocks bebop and rock steady as well in in tmnt that's true that's yeah. true yeah and, and so, yes, you they basically operate as the doorman to stage four <laughs> most Tavern.
0: Most Tavern has never been larger or more underground.
1: Yes, yeah. Uh, I had to really laugh at the very 1990 touch of a Dick Tracy parody poster at the entrance. Cause it says, Bart Tracy. I feel like those, Bart <laughs> Tracy, yeah.
0: You could have bought those at, like, Myrtle Beach, those unlicensed sure. t-shirts. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, man. Yeah. And
0: uh, and you already get an ad for <laughs> no, Princess. Oh, yeah.
3: The number of super inappropriate unlicensed yeah. t-shirts. Oh yeah. What? Well, every goodness.
0: every t-shirt in the summer of ninety and ninety one was like a mix of Ninja Turtles, Bart, Batman, and Dick Tracy. Just like all together,
1: Saddam yeah. Hussein in there somewhere too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you're right, Bob mose has never been this big but i think they got the dank pretty well yeah
0: Moe's yeah. has like multiple bars inside of it it's pretty it's pretty ritzy this underground club <laughs> and a
1: roulette table too yeah like yeah it's uh and then there's another space mutants poster this game has far more accurate space mutants than the actual space Mutants <laughs> video game and yeah you can also see Moe on the phone but if you're playing as bart in the stage then who is prank calling him if not if not bart or lisa mm question he
3: could just maybe be that's taking just a re- maybe that's just a regular phone call maybe somebody has some you know business inquiries about
0: <laughs> yeah that need to... i'm watching it sure now am. and mo does not get mad after the phone call is actually the phone call does not end mo uh... is just on the phone in a loop <laughs> and what is barney doing barney's just like waving his arms wildly and just like kind of like shaking i guess
1: if you like attack him he runs off that's mm. what i saw he just kind of stand- jitters there until you interact with him and makes him run away i mean you know uh, i had friends who remembered the boss in this level as like and then you fight barney at the end like no no nope, no nope. maybe that would make more sense but you you would never beat up poor old barney though i guess this is the barney that like does punch out homer in this <laughs> season he's he was more violent then.
0: other uh, references we get a poster of carmen in the background from uh, bart the genius when yeah. they go see carmen with all that really weird long scene
1: yes yeah with with uh not like i think it was russian opera version of it because it was public domain uh we passed by bleeding gums murphy playing with three princess cashmere's on stage very very (laughs) sexily dancing there the the scene for daddy
3: as they say makes makes total sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) absolutely
1: uh mo would never have this much entertainment there no no No. and uh, and then we passed by some konami in-game references to themselves uh, with the reference to the 1994 player Aliens game, which I guess it's all Fox, so uh, even in '91, that would be fine. But it's funny that a space mutant is scared off by what appears to be a xenomorph, but it's actually Marge in a mask. <laughs> And uh, then there's the Simpsons arcade game right next to it, which apparently is a game about Homer and Marge kissing.
0: That is actually the 1990 Aliens game, which is why they're advertising. Like, you can also play this. Yeah. <laughs> and I like the little Marge joke if you watch the screen.
1: Uh, maybe it was their way of saying, like, once you finish this game, it's this one's probably next to it. Like, go check it out. Yeah, I, I think I played the Aliens versus Predator game more than I played the, uh, the Aliens one as, as a youth uh but uh, but also probably when i was 9 i was like oh, those are too scary like <laughs> i i hadn't been sold the aliens toys yet to know it wasn't too scary and uh, and yes you fight your way to the boss, who is a sleeping drunk, which through us doing season one of this podcast, Bob was able to identify what character they got this is, Oh, really?
0: Is he in season one or is he in season two?
1: You did spot him in season two, but he's also, you you uh, you mentioned it when oh. we did No Disgrace Like Home, but he is he's wait- visible there too. He is
0: in some waiting room in No Disgrace Like Home, but also in season two, uh, Homer versus Lisa in the Eighth Commandment. Uh, he is part of the group watching the game this weird skinhead looking guy and my theory was uh, in Japan they got an entire pack of like extra characters like here are people that are in backgrounds like okay we need a boss this guy looks like a bad guy let's make him huge and make him a drunk
1: Mm, yeah he's uh, he isn't drunk in the shot of uh, yeah when the, the joke in No Disgrace Like Home is when they go to Marvin Monroe's clinic they walk by all the troubled families and one is a very crudely drawn skinhead family Basically, they're just all a pale color and the father has you know the outfit and the dotted uh buzz cut of a skinhead uh but he had very pale skin this guy is uh, colored like a a more tan yellow i'd say instead uh but yeah he's a violent drunk who breathes fire on (laughs) you and kind of wobbles around which as a little kid i like i thought it was naughty like wow i'm beating up a drunk boss he's not even he's
0: not even working for smithers he's a random wino
1: yes yeah he just happened to fall asleep in front of the secret elevator back up to the butte <laughs> that takes you right that's to funny the grand canyon you know
0: people this is deep video game knowledge people were very mad about uh, dark souls 2 when that came out because this elevator takes you to a seemingly uh, inaccessible place where it shouldn't take you the world shouldn't line up the way it should and people are like that's why dark souls 2 is the worst game ever <laughs> well this game is even more uh, egregious with that where the elevator from moe's takes you to the springfield mountains
1: yes yeah that uh, yeah it really doesn't make any sense but don't uh, don't
0: base your game sh- game judgment on elevator placements <laughs> uh, you'll never win
1: why did that thing is i i haven't engaged in any dark souls two two discourse because i've only beaten one uh but in one and in demon souls uh characters just show up a bunch of flying things fly you to another area like that's yeah. cheap too why why are people mad about an elevator that's it's
0: disingenuous uh, yeah
1: but uh but yes, so that takes us to stage five, the uh, Springfield Butte, which as a kid I thought said Bud and thought was very funny. Uh, and, and
0: almost entirely based on uh, Call of the Simpsons, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, though there is a little bit of the original Simpsons two-parter shorts, Maggie in Peril, because mm. the cliffhanger for that was Maggie is adrift in water and falls down a waterfall. So when Maggie... Uh, Smithers gets scared. He drops Maggie into the water and she starts to float away. That's from Maggie and Peril in the okay. shorts, but mostly, yes, this is Call of the Simpsons, which was like one of the most famous episodes of season one. He got a whole Burger King toy line that same year. And yeah, it's the same Escaped Bear from Stage Two. Uh, you fight the Bigfoot that looks like how Homer looked like in the tabloids. Uh, but apparently it's just a real ass Bigfoot. It's not, <laughs> that one isn't revealed to be a guy in a costume, it's just Bigfoot.
0: Yeah, there are some weird enemies in the stage like uh, the prototype version of the rich texan this guy just carrying a big log around that and like hooting weird. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> also i thought it was kind of bullshit that they hide that beehive full of bees in the in the health item tree that pissed me oh, off Oh yeah
3: the, the, the bees attack i thought the bees were going to attack the enemies no the bees attack you but then mm. you can pick up the empty beehive and throw it but <laughs> you it's probably not worth it because you've taken so much damage from these bees at this point mm.
1: yeah it's such a mean trick of like the the health tree had only been nice to you up to this point but i guess you know you're in stage five they got to chip away your health however they can They you uh, <laughs> and uh, this is also where you run into nelson who is only helpful he gives you uh, <laughs> a power-up item the, the slingshot uh, and that's also when you get two throwable blinkies uh the blinky ahead he did appear very briefly in uh the no disgrace like no sorry uh homer's Homer's odyssey Odyssey. yes yeah. so he he was in season one and uh yes this is also where not only do you have a raccoon that you can throw that I think also is like straight out of the Call of the Simpsons. I think it's a, no, it's a rabbit that gets flung. Yeah. Uh, the the raccoons are the ones that fight Homer when he tries to flush him out of it. Uh, and that's where just Sideshow Bob is walking around with a turkey in the woods. Sure. <laughs> Though I think him pulling that cart is a reference to him pulling in the pork products oh, for yeah. Krusty. That's
3: what I think it is. No, you're
0: totally right about that.
3: So at that point, I mean, Sideshow Bob was not, evil right I mean this game is a helpful character who gave you turkey (laughs) right so
1: well no if he's if they were calling on uh, Krusty gets busted then they would have known at the end of the episode uh, that he turns evil so
0: yeah Mm. I I, I don't like the people making this game I'm not sure if the Simpsons was available like in Japanese uh, but I'm sure they saw like oh Krusty with Sideshow Bob or Sideshow Bob alone with no context thinking this is a fun design for a character let's have him be a background guy not Mm. knowing he is a villain in the series
1: you know the 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 impression i got from an interview with uh anime historian toshio okada was that yeah they didn't japan didn't really get simpsons until like 93 or 94 i think it was uh and then and it was pretty funny because okada uh the otaku king he put it as like oh this is just for like the america weebs in japan regular japanese huh. people don't get this show that that was his opinion of it uh and yeah then you just straight up fight a bear but uh, this is where it felt like greening again my guess is that greening said he didn't want the simpsons to have beat up a bear <laughs> and so it's revealed to be one of the guys in a suit in a very like cheesy way just the sprite shrinks and it's like no it was a guy that's all yeah just a guy i
0: felt better about it afterwards <laughs> and yeah so those bears were friendly and called the simpsons mm-hmm
1: And uh, that's when Maggie almost falls over the waterfall, just like in Maggie in Peril, but this time Smithers grabs her and everyone else falls to their death and uh, leads to a Jacob's Ladder kind of uh, stage of a shared collective unconsciousness dream. I
0: I like that. And also at this point in the series, The Simpsons had had two dream sequences that were in black and white. So I assume people making the game are thinking, yeah, this is the standard format for a Simpsons dream sequence. In fact, uh, the the sequence that Bart has, the nightmare that Bart has in Bart the Genius about the uh, the train and, you know, Martin's there as the evil conductor. Evil Conductor Martin is in the background with the Santa Fe, like spray painting on the Santa Fe sign. Mm-hmm. Very, very briefly. They took it right from that episode.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I like that it's a combo of all of their nightmares. They're like, well, it's like a Homer donut attacks them and like... Yeah. Yeah, and and saxophones attack them. And then I always wonder, like, what in a Freudian sense, what does the many Marge heads popping up and hitting them, what does that represent <laughs> in their... In their Spears.
3: <laughs> her her hidden bunny ears yes her, yeah uh, <laughs> yes the, the 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 big secret that she's living with
1: i also think it's so strange that they you know they have the elementary school in the background here and it made me think like man they didn't have a fight in the elementary school like what a strange and odd choice i mm. also as a little kid i was haunted by the empty power plant suits like i thought oh, those yeah. were really creepy
3: yeah, so this was already a game where they could let their imaginations run a little bit wild, but with the dream sequence, you know, clearly all all bets were off and they didn't have to uh, stick with even The Simpsons' uh, in-world version of reality anymore. Yeah. And that's why at the end of this rather short stage, actually, which has some clever stuff, actually I loved the word... Maggie, and an, ex- an exclamation point, drops from the sky, and then you can pick up the letters in the word Maggie and then uh, and throw them as weapons, mm-hmm. um, which were good against the, I think because you fought the donuts right after that or something like mm-hmm. that, But or the suits. But the, the boss of this level was a, it could have been anything, right? It literally could have been <laughs> anything in the world. It's a dream sequence, anything. And it was a bowling ball. It's <laughs> well- a bowling ball with eyeballs and a mouth in the three and holes bowling, bowling ball bowling arms and arms occasionally bowl. grew bowling ball arms and i <laughs> felt that that boss was like it was so disappointing uh, <laughs> it's- and so boring
0: it's a weird boss, but uh, bowling defined Homer in season one. Like, mm. he just talked about it. There was yeah. an episode about bowling. I mean, eventually, well, like he's, too, he's too drunk and lazy to bowl, so it's no longer a characteristic of him. Yes. And yeah. occasionally there would be a bowling episode here and there, but that was like all he was about constantly was bowling.
1: In the episode Life on the Fast Lane, in a way, a bowling brawl almost does destroy the entire family. Mm. So uh, I can see why they'd all have a nightmare. Is about this it. Homer,
0: the bowling ball? Bowl?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, it should say Homer on it. I wish it did uh that uh also when they fight the devil version of bart that's taken from the 1988 almond short the money jar that's the wow. oh that, yeah that's the shoulder devil version that tells bart to
3: steal money from the money jar and those
0: are the bart devils that appear whenever you die yes
3: yeah mm-hmm. and and that's clever like that's that to me was a that, that to me was a fun you know dream sequence fight Right, yeah, that the bowling Bar- ball... Bart should come out of that me- dream
1: sequence and go like, is this what you think of me? You all <laughs> think of me as this. Uh, yeah, the the bowling ball uh with its bowling ball arms it lasts a little too long i think it's kind of cheap the way it like drops in at the start of the stage and just hits you too but in a preview
0: of uh, the burns boss though it has multiple phases yeah to let yeah. you know like this is going to be a thing for bosses soon
1: and i do like its anime pendulum tears i do like that any any funny uh crying drawing like that And then once you beat it, it then like it does a really cool like fade to white, is uh, representing everybody waking up. And and then what a clever bonus stage! I love that bonus stage. Yeah, Uh,
0: I thought this was very funny as a kid—the slapping yourself bonus stage. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) to recover from a coma. Uh,
1: But again, hated them because my brother always beat me at them. No fun, but. Uh, but yes, when they awaken from almost drowning, they're they're conveniently right outside of Channel Six. They see that the helicopter is landed right there, and so. Uh, the, the the reaction shot of everybody looking at Channel 6 is crazy. I, I love it. I actually sent it to
0: my wife, Nina, the other day, just as Marge shrieking with the weird backwards quarter profile shot where they just have beaks, basically.
1: <laughs> yeah, Bar- Bart looks like a squawking bird. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> uh, And so uh, they head into Channel 6, and, you know, disappointingly, there's no Kent Brockman, but uh, the, like, the reporter guy is the reporter who said, Bigfoot has been found in mm. Call of the Simpsons. So, and that's also why there's a Bigfoot standee right by it. Uh, it's, it's the same posing on the guy, too, but uh, except for the shrug. The shrug is their version of the animation of it, but i guess uh you know that's when you see burns on the screen there which is their way of saying like hey if you if you somehow don't know the show and don't know that burns and smithers are an item here's that mr burns guy you'll be seeing him soon
0: the game did a good job of connecting every level but it's not clear why smithers had to land on channel six's helipad to get to the nuclear power plant
1: that's true yeah it doesn't uh hmm yeah <laughs> uh, but but really channel six once you get by that first news reporter they, this is just a potpourri of ideas here it did it goes uh, and sadly no crusty i guess we already been in crusty land so you're not gonna go to the crusty tv show but but you could this could be an excuse to just go through like an itchy and scratchy stage or whatever but instead oh it's just like a sci-fi robot boss and then japan <laughs> you
0: made me think uh, there's no itchy and scratchy in this game yeah which is very very weird
1: That is strange because most of the games would have an itchy and scratchy section in them or then to the point by 93, a full itchy and scratchy video game.
0: Now, I love the Japan section because it's uh, Konami, a Japanese company, being very brazen and saying, yeah, you're just going to be in a Japan stage and the boss is going to be a very Japanese boss. And they did this a few times with American IP where they would shove in a very Japanese stage. I think one of the extra stages they added for the Ninja Turtles NES arcade game was a very Japanese stage. And like, oh, yeah. oh, even in yeah. the Lone Ranger, you fight like in a samurai castle for one of the stages <laughs> for right. their Lone Ranger NES game.
3: Uh, you but, know, write what you know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, OK, well.
1: You got a big Mount Fuji in the background there. You fight basically foot clan ninjas. Uh, there's as you walk towards the boss, there is a big uh, kanji scroll, which I I asked our friend Maddie what that was. And she says it says Kabuki
0: on it. Well, that uh, makes sense because you fight a Kabuki boss. Yes. Yeah. With <laughs> like a Burns Kabuki mask almost. Yeah.
1: I thought, uh, uh, Chris, uh, do you think that mask or the face that the Kabuki guy makes, it looks kind of like the Hyotoko masks, the like ooh face guy kind of old timey masks?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I think that's probably what they were going for close to it. Yeah,
0: very much uh, like it reminds me so much of like the Mystical Ninja series, the Goemon series.
3: Yep, yep. It lasts too long, though.
1: That fight, I'm like, oh, how long am I fighting this guy? Like, it's I guess also it's the only boss fight where random uh, uh, enemies can come in and accompany it, too. Like, the ninjas keep showing up while you're fighting it instead of just focused on the boss like every other boss fight but uh eventually you defeat him you leave uh, this very uh, japanese drama <laughs> show and uh it's a fun transition that just instead of the color the idea is that color bars don't appear on your screen uh and it's like that it's a stand uh or it's like just a physical background that appears in the background to be like oh color bars we've gone to the test pattern. oh no
0: that's actually a kabuki play thing that's the curtain oh. that comes across when the play is over oh yeah. okay oh wow you don't know about kabuki place henry
1: uh, i'm more of a fan of no theater bob
0: what theater no we're not doing <laughs> um, this <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh but uh, yes this is when smithers conveniently runs by and takes him to the power plant and you know what no matter how many times i play this game every time they arrive at the power plant for stage eight and the characters walk in the screen. I'm like, all right, time to fight my way through the power plant. Me plan. too. Every time uh, oh, I think right, it's a real yeah. stage, but, but it is not. Well, you nope.
0: kind of walk past the real stage yeah. into like uh, Smithers' office, which does look like the Mr. Burns office.
1: Yeah, the, the accurate to late in season one Burns office. It's not the Homer's Odyssey Burns office. Yeah, but... Yeah, that's where it becomes then the the Shredder and Krang fight, where you first fight Shredder. Uh, welcome and then, to my world. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and... I love bomb throwing Smithers. His bat, his cape full of bombs. He's so happy. He's showing off his bombs. He'll even drop some bombs that you can throw at him. I like
0: the Smithers, like Nosferatu cape over the face, and also when he like throws his cape out and you can see all the bombs hanging in them. It's such a cool design. Mm-mm.
3: Uh, and
1: he's uh, and
3: as we How all did know- he, what what job at the nuclear power <laughs> plant do you think he applied to uh, originally? Did, did Burns advertise specifically for somebody? With a coat full of bombs, or could the, could the bombs have been? Do you have to? Is it? Was it strictly BYOB? Uh, you know, bring your own bombs, or did the nuclear power plant supply the uh, the, the, the the round fuse bombs that you would need as special assistant to Mister Burns in this um, case? I could go on.
0: He applied under Project Bootstrap. Yeah. Thank you, President <laughs> Ford.
1: Uh, you know, like, well, Smithers would say eventually you get put into, you know, cartoon super villainy if you work for Mr. Burns. And this version of Smithers uh, embraced it instead of fighting against it. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh i also like you can spot all the monitor if you go all the way to the right yeah. in the room you'll see all the monitors burns uses to watch people mm-hmm. and in a very darkly funny moment burns explode or smithers explodes himself yes like, he does uh, his just red face and the way he explodes is is wacky <laughs> apparently in the japanese version fruit flies out of him for health bonuses that that's the game being a little nicer
0: there's a lot more health bonuses in general mm-hmm. uh and this is when yeah burns comes out to welcome to your grave suckers yes
1: all right i got i got the burns oh, here we go. oh here you we go.
2: yes excellent where do you think you're going huh. welcome to your grave suckers
0: oh there you go. <laughs> so one excellent and uh, Harry Shearer could sue over that.
1: Yeah, he should. He should get he should own Konami now, Harry Shearer <laughs> <sure> should. <laughs> uh,
3: now I mean, now that I've really revisited this, I think that's just the most iconic Mr. Burns line ever. Yeah. Really truly <laughs> sums him up as a character and uh yeah
1: that's a fun that seems like it was written by the same person who wrote the uh uh welcome to die lines from uh the next year in the x-men arcade
0: it's a very also very japanese like mecha suit he's in that has a bunch of different forms there's like the walking form the tank form the hover form it's so cool Mm -hmm. Uh, again these should all be toys too like give me bomb smithers give me uh mech suit burns
1: uh you know i also can always remember the intensity of this section because we got to Burns and he was really hard and I think my mom was like I'm almost out of tokens do I really like she was kind of wavering like do I gotta buy five more dollars of tokens you guys are so close and and we're just like you know intense children screaming like please more tokens we we can't lose we'll have 20 seconds on the game over screen come on mom please this
0: is like a three or four dollar boss fight too it's, it, it is uh, uh, a very long and very cheap
1: so bullshit yeah it's uh, mm-hmm. I think even as a little kid when the hovercraft skirt popped out I was like saying like seriously how many many (laughs) stages to this. Arcade
0: games are all about the sunk cost fallacy and getting you to believe in it like I've I've spent this much money why not spend more
1: Uh, it it trained us it it taught us a lot of bad lessons as a child Mm. but yes eventually you do explode his suit this is he also is dropping the bombs that were items in the Japanese version but after a very long fight his suit explodes. You then, Mr. Burns just stands there, and in one hit, you knock him over. <laughs> That's so much fun. And then uh, in a, also a very early series kind of joke way, Maggie walks in the screen, and a fully animator slowly walking, falling down, getting back up, and walking some more.
3: <laughs> yep
1: and uh that's when you see mr burns dies he yeah, is he's dead. dead too he's a dead <laughs> x's appear on his eyes it doesn't get more clear than that and uh but he's given the pacifier just like he's given uh by maggie and uh burns is a, rosebud no, rosebud. Burns. rosebud damn yes. you paparazzo yes yeah <laughs> and uh, uh and
0: then the ending is just taken directly from the end of No grace like home when they get their tv back mm-hmm.
1: yeah i i really love the i love the purple gradient of just the reunited excited family all together in the celebration screen and and yeah they just took the the walk home though this time they had to rechange homer's arms because uh, in the notice grace like home ending homer's holding the tv that they got oh no wait no no i'm sorry i'm thinking of when they walk there okay it's, it's all the same puzzle. And if you watch it long yeah.
0: enough, Maggie will fall occasionally and get like pulled backwards and have to walk back forwards. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, uh, one note that I didn't say in this podcast is that in 2009, there was an iOS game called Simpsons Arcade. Ugh. But guess what, buddy? It was not Simpsons Arcade. The cruel trick of it was, a lot of it was very loosely based on this arcade game, but it was an original EA game that looks like crap, uh had the you know uh, virtual joystick and buttons which never work right and uh, i don't know if it's still listed but that was not this if you look at a playthrough of it you can see so many ideas were taken from this but the art is worse the music is worse it's just and you're only homer i think you only play as homer
1: uh that was very (laughs) early in my games press career and it was one of the first times i wrote like a very pissy little article going (laughs) like this isn't the simpsons arcade game what the hell like it and it clearly just was that you know EA didn't want to deal with Konami to co-share the rights of releasing the real one at, at that time. That, that was my guess. And then uh, for... For about a two-year period, they yes. did agree to to share the wealth on it. But...
0: February 2012 to December 2013 was the only time you could buy this on Xbox Live or PSN. Wow, yep.
1: So we're get clo- We're getting close to seven years of it being gone again. It's just so silly to me that it can't. Especially, it's like what what's Konami going to do? Like just just get a little bit of money off of it. Who can like have have a good little paycheck from selling this game with EA? I
0: mean, Konami is is weird. They for as much as people complain about them they, they have been kind of good stewards of their uh, game catalog they have put out retro re-releases of some things yeah, but yeah. i found it weird that uh there as of this recording there is a newish season of castlevania that is i i was surprised based on one of the ps2 games and i was like well where's this collection like shouldn't people be playing the source material if this very popular animated series is based on this ps2 game that frankly no one really played like mm. that should be available but they uh they're very they're very picky about what they actually will put out
1: yeah who's i mean hey look we've uh we could fill a whole podcast with trying to guess what the business of konami is like it doesn't uh we're we're just outsiders guessing there but I, I, I guess the last thing I'll say of the, of the game itself is, I love that Homer just tosses the diamond. He's like, we don't need this. Yeah. Just throws it away. They don't want to be rich. They want to be America's regular family. Yeah. We have
0: love. Well,
3: they I mean, again, at this point, um, you know, uh, Evil Smithers has, has died uh, by suicide. <laughs> uh, they murdered Mr. Burns. They punched him until he uh, literally died. <laughs> so, I mean, what you know what more do the Simpsons need? You know, their basic needs have been met. (laughs) Um, So they don't need that diamond anymore, for sure. And, Did uh, he
0: die? What am I, a doctor?
3: <laughs>
1: uh, and then we get uh, the high score entry screen. If you didn't, if you didn't die the rest of the way here, here's when you get the high score screen, and that's uh, where they have the Bart Man, just the bartman art. They just drew it, they redrew it right there, and it's another place where they get to the one other place where they can reuse the Maggie sprite walking as she just walks across the bottom of the screen in a in a very cute way. But yeah, it's uh, you know it was nice for those you know 18 sweet noggy months that we got (laughs) to have the uh, the Simpsons Arcade game available on you know Xbox Live and PSN and then, and then the government took it away from us again. Damn
0: but, them! Yeah. <laughs>
1: but uh, so who knows? By the time you're hearing this, maybe that uh, there was a leaked thing that looked like that the the arcade one-up company was getting to release it. They did. They've released other Konami arcade ones before. They did the TMNT eighty-nine. And I know in the fandom of those, the the number one requested game has been The Simpsons game. So maybe they made it happen. It's just you gotta you gotta negotiate. At EA I. Th- believe still has the simpsons game rights which mainly is just to Ugh. have the uh endless money machine of tapped out exist and now like in its 10th yeah.
0: year of operation yep Ugh.
1: bob it makes too much money you can't complain like who are you to, <laughs> it's a worthington's law bob i was one of
0: the first to complain when i was in the games press like this isn't a game
1: <laughs> uh you've been we've been complaining for a decade <laughs> about it but uh but yeah, I guess uh, any any final thoughts about Simpsons Arcade? I I uh, it's still warmly fun and nostalgic mm-hmm. for me to play. It's a thing I think I'll probably play it every five years till I'm dead, just to remember to remember youth and, and <laughs> just happier times of childhood.
0: Oh, to me, this is the the peak of this genre, this and Turtles in Time the same year. This is just the peak of the brawler. It could get no better than this. Uh, this is just where it peaked for me and I think for the entire industry. And uh, yeah, uh, it's not just because it's The Simpsons. It's a very well-made game of this sort. It's like the best this could possibly be in my estimation. So I have fuzzy memories of it. I still like playing it today. And it's still fun to see the uh, anime meets macaroni style of this game, <laughs> which will never happen again.
3: And again, I mean, at this point, you know, this this was kind of the end of the uh, walk to the right and punch everything brawlers um, dominance over the arcade scene because Street Fighter 2 was about to roll into town. And uh, and that was pretty much it. And even if you look at, you know, even if you look at Ninja Turtles um, after uh, Turtles in Time, uh, the, the home versions of that. What a, the, the Konami Turtles games? Uh, they they did uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters. Mm-hmm, they turned yeah. that into a one-on-one uh, brawler as well. but didn't have an arcade version, but yes, I mean, as a person who really appre- I mean, again, yes, played a lot of Double Dragon, played the heck out of Final Fight, played a lot of this. You know, really appreciating that genre. This this really, yeah, this 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 was the peak, and and it showed the strengths and the limitations, you know, of that particular genre of game. But yeah, just to have that, um, and especially when home consoles were not quite there in terms of being able to include so much full screen animation, so many voice clips, um, you know, to to have something in the arcades that just from a technological perspective, you could not have in your house, um, was a, uh, it it was a fun time.
0: So, Chris, thanks again for being on the show. Please plug whatever you wish to plug. Things like Good Job Brain. We know it's finally back from hiatus. We're very excited about that.
3: Yes. Check out uh, my uh, the, the trivia podcast that I do with my, you know, pub trivia team. We, we haven't played pub trivia together in a really long time, <laughs> but uh, we used to. And we were really good at it. And uh, But we do Good Job Brain. Um, it is It is all kinds of weird facts and quizzes and stuff like that. It's just fun, funny, I hope. Um, and uh, we just did um, an episode of a podcast called Escape This Podcast in which we all did an escape room together all the good job brain crew did an audio escape room which was super fun uh, my, my my day job right now is at Digital Eclipse we actually are doing uh, collections of classic video games just put out Blizzard Arcade Collection a few months back um, that was a, a, a lot of fun to work on the original Blizzard uh, games like Lost Vikings and uh, Rock and Roll Racing um, and you know just working on other stuff and hopefully hopefully stuff you guys are gonna like oh boy i like stuff i like
0: <laughs> yes now, it's my favorite kind of stuff
1: yeah no you 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 do great work there chris we, we mm-hmm. thank you for all the the cool that you're you are very committed to video game history and uh you're you're making it work with with the publishers at your job we really appreciate it
0: yay do my best <laughs> So thanks again to Chris Kohler for being on the show. Please check out Good Job Brain, his trivia podcast. As for us, if you want to check out more of what we do and get all these episodes one week ahead of time and ad-free, please go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Sign up for five bucks a month to get just that, but also access to everything behind the $5 paywall. That includes all of our limited miniseries. The most recent one that we did was Talking of the Hill, season two, part one. That is our uh, King of the Hill retrospective miniseries. I have new episodes of that. And who knows, by the time this episode goes live, we might have already announced our... Uh, a miniseries for the fall of 2021 oh, yeah. only available to patrons that are on the $5 level or above so keep your eye out for that and also we have a $10 level at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons when you sign up for that get access to all the $5 stuff plus one mega long podcast once a month only for patrons of that level or higher
1: that's right Bob you're talking about the what a cartoon movie podcast now you listeners maybe me know me and Bob have a sister podcast we do twice a month called what a cartoon where we cover an animated series as super in-depth as we do an episode of The Simpsons and each month we do a feature film version of that where we cover an animated feature film often for over four hours films as diverse as The Hunchback of Notre Dame and Hercules in our summer of Disney renaissance before that we had a lot of fun with the film Cool World and we have a giant back catalog almost three years worth of them From films as diverse as Akira to a Goofy movie, over 140 hours of podcasts are there at your fingertips. Extra, on top of all the $5 stuff, if you are a $10 and up subscriber at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons.
0: As for me, I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts. It's a classic gaming podcast about old video games. You can find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retronauts. Sign up there for two full-length bonus episodes every month. Henry, what about you?
1: You can follow me, Henry Gilbert, on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Please follow me there. Also, if you're following me and bob on twitter please follow the official twitter account of this podcast at talk simpsons pod at talk simpsons pod we'll keep you up to date on all of the new events in our world on every podcast when there's new stuff on the patreon any stuff going on please follow at talk simpsons pod on twitter to stay up to date
0: thanks so much for joining us folks we'll see you next time for season 12's new kids on the black we'll see you there
2: Welcome to your grave, suckers.